In general, if somebody is found inside of his own city when Shabbos comes in, so as long as he did not make an Erev Tuchumen to change his Mokim Hashavisa, his place of living for Shabbos, so his Tuchum is defined as 2,000 Amas in every direction from the edge of the city. Now we learned that there's a special leniency for somebody who is traveling, that although in general, in order to change your Mokim Hashavisa, you need to either go there and be there when Shabbos comes in, or you need to have food there, an Erev Tuchumen, when Shabbos comes in. When it comes to a traveler, it's enough that he sees the place, and that it's within his 2,000 Amas right now. He, t- he can designate another Mokim Hashavisa, even if he is not physically right there yet, when Shabbos comes in. Now, what is the case if you have a traveler who is not within the Tuchum of a city, and doesn't intend to make his Mokim Hashavisa in another place? In fact, he doesn't have any intention at all of where his Mokim Hashavisa is going to be. So in general, we assume that wherever he is right now, when Shabbos comes in, if he's standing there, that is considered his Mokim Hashavisa, and he can travel 2,000 Amas from that point. However, what happens if he was sleeping? Misha Yoshan Maderach, somebody who was sleeping on the pathway on his journey, Vlayada Shecha and as a result, he didn't know, he didn't realize when it got dark and Shabbos came in. In short, he was sleeping as Shabbos came in. According to the first opinion of the Mishnah, Yeshla Alpayim Amalachol Ruach, he has 2,000 Amas to travel in every direction from the point where he is. Dear that is the opinion of Rabbi Yochan Ben Nuri, who holds that somebody who is sleeping is no different to somebody who is awake and didn't have any intention for where his Mokhamash Shavisa is. We declare that place where he is right now as his Mokhamash Shavisa. However, interestingly, the Chachom argue, the Chachom and the Chachom say, he can only travel four Amis in every direction and he does not have 2,000 Amis at all. The reason being that according to the Chachomim, it's not considered an automatic thing that everybody has 2,000 Amis in every direction. It needs to be that he himself creates that Mokhamashavisa. So if he's awake and he just doesn't think where his Mokhamashavisa is going to be, so it's considered obvious, we assume that it's going to be where he is right now. But if he's totally asleep, then he has no power to declare this place his Mokhamashavisa. And so really he does not have a 2000 Amas traveling distance at all, and rather he gets the minimum distance of 4 Amas. Now according to the Chachomim, when we say that he has 4 Amas, in this case and also in the previous Mishnayas where we have seen somebody who has only 4 Amas to travel, according to the Chachomim that means that you've got 4 Amas in every direction. So instead of having 2000 Amas in every direction, you have 4 Amas in every direction. However, Abeliezer is more strict and Abeliezer and Mevahubem Tsa'on, Rebbe says that he is in the middle of the four Amas. So it's not that he's got four Amas in every direction, rather he has two Amas in every direction. So that altogether you can travel a square sort of, of four by four Amas. Now Rabbi Yehuda fundamentally agrees with Rebbe Yezer, but is slightly more lenient, because according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, He can go in whichever direction he wants to. So Rabbi Yehuda agrees that he only has four Amas in total to travel, However, you can choose which four Amas to take. It doesn't have to be two Amas in one direction and two Amas in another direction. You could, if you want to, travel four Amas in one direction. But once you do travel the four Amas in one direction, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with Eliezer that if he chooses a particular four Amas for himself, either if he declares which four Amas he wants, or if he has already traveled it, then he can't go back on it and change which four Amas he's going to travel. He still only has four Amas to travel, but the point is he can choose which four Amas to take, and if he wants to, he could even take all four of them in one direction. But he needs to make sure that he does not leave a square of four by four Amas, because that is all he's allowed to travel. Mr. Vol, this is a continuation of the previous case, and what happens if Hoyushnayim, 
if there are two people who both fell asleep on their path on the journey and they were asleep as Shabbos came in, so they have only four Amos in every direction, at least according to the last opinions. So they've each got four Amos in every direction, and Miktas Amosov Shalzeh, Besoich Amosov Shalzeh. Part of the four Amos of this person is within the four Amos of the other person. So for example, if they're standing six Amos away from each other, so if you calculate four Amos distance from each of them towards the other one, so it comes out that the middle two Amos is an area in which they can both travel to. They can bring and eat food in the middle, they can eat together, and we're not concerned that they'll come to move into the four Amos of the other person, or to put their food in the four Amos of the other person. Where everyone himself is not allowed to travel, his belongings can also not travel there. But the Mishnah is telling us that we're not concerned that one of the people will come to take any of his belongings out of his own four Amos. But of course you can't do that. As long as he does not go ahead and take out any of his food or bring out any of his belongings into the other person's four Amos and out of his own. Now what happens if if there were three people who slept? So there are three people now who has a distance of four Amos each which literally means the middle one is swallowed by the two outer ones, which means that the two outer ones are not at all within the Amas of each other. So that means they're at least eight Amas away from each other. But then there's somebody in the middle, and his four Amas overlap with both of the outer ones. So once again, he is permitted to eat with them, the and the two outer ones are permitted to eat together with him. But the two out ones are forbidden to eat together because they have no distance, none of their four Amos is overlapping. Now Rabbi Shimon takes what we just learnt and applies it to another case in Erevin. On Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, to what is this case comparable to? To what other case can it teach us about? To three courtyards which open up into each other. So you've got three courtyards next to each other and there's a sort of doorway between each one or a gap in the wall. And as well as that, each of the courtyards individually of is opened up to a public domain. We'll learn in a couple of proclaimed times that this is an important detail, because since each of the courtyards has its own exit into a public domain, so that means that each courtyard in itself does not need to make an of with the other courtyard in order to carry. But if, for example, you had two courtyards and only one of them opened up into the street, so that means that the members of one of the courtyard have to go through the other courtyard in order to get to the street. So in that case, it's dependent on the other courtyard. So they have to make an air with the other courtyard in order to carry at all. We'll see details of that in, in a couple of proclaimed time. But be as it may, in our case, since each of the courtyard by itself opens up to the public domain, one is allowed to carry in each courtyard by itself. However, if you want to carry from one courtyard into another one, you will need to make an Eruvichatzerus. Now what happens if If the two outer courtyards made an Erev with the middle courtyard? So once again, just like in our other case, says Rabbi Shimon, The members of the middle courtyard are permitted with the outer courtyards, and they are permitted with the middle courtyard, meaning one is allowed to transport things from the outer courtyards into the middle courtyard, or vice versa. However, the two outer courtyards are forbidden with regards to each other, which means that if something began when Shabbos came in, in one of the outer courtyards, then for the remainder of Shabbos, one is forbidden to get that thing into the other outer courtyard because there is no Erev between the two outer courtyards. Now the Gemara explains that the Chachomim disagree with Rabbi Shimon, and they hold that in this case, the two outer courtyards are forbidden to carry things even into the middle courtyard, and vice versa. 
Because since there are lots of people living in the courtyards, if you bring something from one courtyard to another, then it could be that a different member of the courtyard will then take that thing from the middle courtyard and take it to the other outer courtyard. There are lots of people, so you can't control what goes in to the outer courtyards. And therefore, in this case, it's forbidden even to transport things from the outer ones into the middle one. Whereas when it comes to the case of the Eruv Tchumin, where they only have four Amis in every direction, since it's only one person there, or three people, but each person has their own four Amis, so there they're able to make sure that they don't leave their four Amis, and also the other two people will remind them, and make sure that they do not go beyond their Tchum of four Amis. Mr. Zayn, we've mentioned previously that a traveller has a leniency in that he doesn't actually have to be in the place of his Makam when Shabbos comes in. It's enough that he sees the place, and he designates that as his Makam Now, when he does so, he has to designate a very specific place as his Makam He can't just refer to a general area, rather it has to be either a specific four Amas of land, of space, a four by four Amas square, or he has to designate a specific item, a specific thing which is standing there, so he can designate that as his Mokma Shavisa. So the mission says, Misha Baba, there is somebody who is coming on the path, he's on his journey, Vachoshkholoi, and it gets dark for him, Shabbos comes in, and just before Shabbos is about to come in, he recognizes a tree or a fence in the distance, and he says, my Mokma Shavisa should be under that tree. And the case of our mission refers to a tree where the land underneath the tree is at least 8 by 8 amas, which means that if he designates the land under the tree, he has not designated a specific area of the land. The Mokmash Visa can't be 8 by 8 amas. It either has to be 4 by 4 amas, or an item like the tree itself. But since he made his Mokmash Visa under the tree, and under the tree is at least 8 by 8 amas, Little Maklumi has not said anything. Now, if it's less than 8 by 8 amas, that means that the center of the area under the tree, whatever happens, was definitely part of the Mokmash Visa. Because any 4x4 four four square underneath the tree will include the center part of that tree. The center part of the area under the tree. That's if the area is less than 8x8 eight eight Amas. So in that case, even though the entire 4x4 four four square, he didn't specify where it would be, since we know at least part of the area, that is enough, and the area under the tree becomes his Mokmash Visa, from which he has 2,000 Amas in every direction. As well as that, if he says, My Mokmash Shavisa should be at the trunk of the tree. So here he hasn't designated a piece of land, he's designated a specific part of the tree. So that is considered specific and good enough for his designation of Mokmash Shavisa. And therefore, He can walk from the place of his feet, where he is right now when Shabbos comes in, to the trunk of the tree, if it's within 2,000 Amas, and then he can walk another 2,000 Amas from the trunk of the tree to his house, and it comes out that he can actually walk after it gets dark on Shabbos, 4,000 Amas, of course as long as the trunk of the tree is within 2,000 Amas of both where he started and where his house is. Mishnah Ches, what happens if Eina Makir, if he does not recognize any of the things within 2,000 Amas, so he can't designate, oh, that should be my Makamash Visa, because he can't really see anything which he can designate, and he doesn't recognize the area, so he can't just think in his head that that specific tree should be my Makamash Visa. Or if he's not an expert, he's not familiar with the laws, so he doesn't know that you can d- designate another place as your Makamash Visa. So the Omar, he said, My Makamash Visa, my living place for Shabbos, should be in my place where I am right now. So certainly, 
He gains a distance of 2,000 Amas to travel in every direction from where he is right now. The truth is he, didn't, he doesn't even need to say that this is Mokamash Visa because the default position is that wherever you are when Shabbos comes in, that is considered your Mokamash Visa, even without saying anything. Now the second half of this mission brings a machlikes about how to calculate the 2,000 Amas which everyone can travel from the Mokamash Visa. This is not just referring to the previous case, but really all of the cases where one can travel 2,000 Amas. According to the first opinion, Agulois, it's a circular 2,000 Amas, meaning that you literally have a distance of exactly 2,000 Amas in every direction, and if you take a point and you measure 2,000 Amas in every direction, you're going to end up with a circle within which you can travel. The nature of a circle is such that the center point of the circle, the distance between the center and the edge, is exactly the same throughout the entire circle. And like a square where the corners are further away than the sides. So one has exactly 2,000 amas in every direction. However, interestingly, the Chachom Eirim, the Chachom Seim, Rubois, your 2,000 amas create a square, meaning that once you've measured the 2,000 amas in every direction and you've got a circle, we imagine as if there's a square going around the circle. So all the corners which don't exist on a circle, we actually add those on, so it comes out that you can actually travel more than 2,000 Amas, at least when you're traveling diagonally to the corners of this imaginary square. Katavamurbaas, like a squared board, which had a similar design with a circle and a square around it. So that this way he gains the corners, meaning he can actually travel more than 2,000 Amas in many directions. And both of the opinions around Mishnah are learnt from Pesukim.